What's up, kids? Welcome to Poolside Chats with Dom and Chris, the show where we talk about everything from music production to the spiritual side of music creation. I am Chris. And I am Dom. And here we go. Check, check, check. All right, what's up, everyone? Episode seven. Seven. Let me uh, double check. Yeah, we're doing pretty good. We've actually been consistent, which yes. is awesome because this is really fun. Yeah. And regardless, we like doing it. Um, we have a fun topic that is not compression today. But before we get into that, um, I'm gonna let Chris do a quick um, in, uh, free form rap for us. I don't rap, guys. Come on, tell us how you're doing. In- I'm sorry. It's, it's not my thing. It's just not my thing. I guess he's going just uh, talking like a uh, poetry slam version. Yes, yes. This is a, uh, what do they call this? Like a beatnik meeting? You know where they snap when you just read poetry? Is that what it is? I don't, I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. We're back. We're live. Uh, we're playing pool as always. I uh, just got out of the studio. Long day in the studio today. A lot of uh, cool stuff happened. We actually wound up. Mixing. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> That's always cool. That is cool. That is very cool. Yes. But we, we did some fun adventures today. We had a lot of technical issues. That's what started the day. A lot of hardware yes, issues we did, not for working, sure. which was five hours of grueling pain. Um, there is definitely drawbacks, guys, to owning hardware. That's for sure. Uh, when something goes wrong and you're looking well, at a, a when, sea of black cables on the ground mm-hmm. that are all rubber and stick together, life is not fun. I wouldn't share that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but when somehow one cable gets unplugged randomly that mm-hmm. you have no idea, mm-hmm. even when it has a good solid clip on it. Right. Yeah. It makes no sense. No sense. So still feel like you were delirious and we could have been. We no, well. you. Oh, me. Yeah. Yeah. It's when you were doing possible. your own. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was pretty tired today, but not. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I found I, it I unplugged. I, I hear you. You are um, solids. Yeah. So we had some technical issues today. Figured those out. It worked out really smooth afterwards. Got a new piece of hardware in the mail today. Sold some hardware a week ago in 500 series. Upgraded to the 19-inch version. Uh, just so you guys know, there really is no difference between 500 series gear and 19-inch gear. Only difference is that the 500 series gear has a singular power supply that powers the whole chassis, whereas the uh, 19-inch gear has a dedicated power supply. Chassis. Whatever. Chassis, chassis. It's spelled chassis. C-H-A-S-I-S. It is a chastity. It's a, ch- it's a chastity chassis for purity and, um, and chastity. So yeah, um, no difference sonically, but some people argue that the power supply put into certain units has a tone and yeah. Um, so pretty much long story short, got rid of a couple API EQs, got it in five or got it in the 19 inch version. Very happy with it. Cause this one does the difference between a 550 B in case you guys were wondering, cause they make this in plug-in form too. And the hardware is that it gives you the stepped increments. So you can go to 0.25 decibels, uh, half a decibel or full decibel. And for me, that's, that's a, that's a game. Yeah. Changer. It's, they allow you to use it on your mastering chain or your mix bus that way. Yeah. A little bit easier, a little bit less of intrusive, um, that's actually cool because EQing is part of what we're going to talk about today, but there's a lot of different ways to EQ something. Um, a lot of different bands you can choose from a lot of different EQs provide a lot of different options to make your stuff sound amazing. But I was talking to Chris earlier today about just generic filtering, meaning, um, high cut and low cut filters or 
more appropriately high pass and low pass filters um and uh just how they can really help clean up a mix but mm -hmm. so this is something that's talked about a lot and anytime we look at um proper eqing techniques or beginner eqing techniques this always comes up right they say high pass right. and low pass stuff right. so more specifically high passing stuff to get rid of low end mm -hmm. mud and stuff but problem is is i don't think people put enough thought into actually how they're doing it right. they don't put enough thought into the, the steepness of their slopes and they don't put enough thought into where the frequency is that they're starting to cut off from because it really matters um things can get really anemic really quick um things yeah really thinned out or if you don't do it enough then it's obviously going to be muddy and right. uh, yeah you bring up a couple of cool points that we can talk about the first thing let's talk about the slope because the slope in my opinion is DB the most important octave. part yes db per octave uh and if you guys don't know what db per octave means essentially it's the drop in amplitude per octave um of frequency so um essentially you have 6 dB per octave, 12, 18, 24, 36, and then beyond that, they're just ridiculously sharp. But what I wanna talk about with slopes are two things. Um, Dom mentioned picking the right frequency to slope your music at, and I feel this is very important because there is a piece of hardware that I will happily plug because I'm a owner of it and love it. It is the Kush Audio Electra, and the plugin does the same thing by Kush Audio. You guys should really check it out. It's a great plugin. But what it has is it has a, a low cut filter on it. But what they do is they put a bump at the top of the filter. So let's say you little filter. resonance peak. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So what essentially happens is if you're cutting to say 100 hertz, rather than just a soft or hard knee cutting into that, they put a bump in that frequency. So it's cool because let's say you're you're um, low cutting a kick drum and then you want the you realize the fundamental tone is let's say at 65 hertz. If you cut at like 62 you're going to get a bump right there at 65 and it's actually going to boost the fundamental of the kick and it's going to make the slope sound even better yeah it gives a little bit more energy right at that cut gets a little bit of nice movement too um yeah so more on the lines of picking the proper frequency um i really suggest that anyone do using just cutting filters to really put more thought into the frequency you're choosing so let's for, let's say for instance that you want to cut um the low end off of a you're doing like a pop vocal or something you're just mixing into an edm track which usually the vocals don't have much low frequency it's more of that radio tone to help it sit in the mix um you don't want to cut too high up because you want to listen to where the vocal is kind of meshing with um with other instruments and you want a little bit of overlap with things what's up is it recording it hasn't moved. It is. It's just very. Oh, okay. It's just zoomed out a lot. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I mean, it's good that, yeah. Yeah. Said that. I mean, yeah. I just wanted to make sure, you know, before we get an hour deep and realize we missed the whole podcast. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> um, well, vocals, yeah, helping vocals sit in the mix is, it's huge to choose the proper frequency of where it's cutting. Because if it's too high cut, then you're just going to get this really kind of like top heavy vocal that sits above everything and then it's just going to be very spaced out but too low then it gets pretty muddy yeah filtering is tricky you know it's essential it's one of the most essential um you know eq functions but i would say um for me i think there's a big difference too for all you guys out there between uh filtering live instruments or live drums and filtering samples 
and uh, VST print downs of audio through massive silence, sample tank, whatever you guys are using. Um, so just something I learned a couple of years ago that really changed the game for me is that when working with EDM and samples, you can pretty much low and high cut anything. But with working with live drums and live instruments, if you do that too much, you're gonna create massive phase issues. And it's actually not a good thing. There's actually a couple of YouTube videos out there that I watched that really opened my eyes to that. Because when you're using different microphones and stuff like that, you're gonna actually do more harm than good. So if you're recording live drums or whatever, I would say be really judicious and check polarity back and forth to see if you're actually getting phase issues. Because if you're not careful and you wind up cutting things too steep, that's usually the cause. Generally with gentler slopes, you're not gonna have as big of an issue, but a lot of people are so used to these 24, 36, 48 dB per octave cuts, which are, I mean, that's a hard line. I mean, that's just, that is a steep, steep slope. So I would say just be gentle with it. With EDM, the good news is, I mean, you could hard cut it at 72 decibels per octave right yeah. before the fundamental and you won't have any problems. Just stripes. Cool. Yeah. Um, so you'll like, especially with EDM, you'll find these uh, filters on a lot of your synthesizers and some synths like Silent, Silent by Leonard Digital, they put the classic way of stating it and they'll say two pull and four pull. And so I believe two pull is gonna be six dB per octave, which is very gentle still. And yes. then four pull, which sounds steep when you switch to it, is only still 12 dB per octave. Mm -hmm. And 12 dB is probably the most you wanna go with organic instruments. Right. Um, unless you're dealing with the very, very lows of the track where it's like, for instance, if the bass is the only thing really reaching down that low and you just wanna make sure nothing's going below 20 hertz, then yeah. you can kind of use something a little bit steeper if you really want, but yeah. most of the time you're probably not gonna to need to. So just be aware that um, 12 dB per octave is kind of the most realistic slope when it comes to mm -hmm. like analog gear in the back mm -hmm. in the day. And it just sounds very natural. Anything mm -hmm. above that's gonna start sounding a little unnatural. Right. But obviously use your ears. And if you think it sounds good, it sounds good. And then I guess the world will let you know. Right, no, for sure. <laughs> Everyone's gonna be like, I know you used way too steep of a slope on that mix. Right. <laughs> well, for I, I think there's an allure of the steep slope because it's so aggressive, but honestly, I don't feel like there's ever really a justifiable reason to use it. Cause I mean, a gentler slope rolls off the frequencies gradually and it tapers them off. So then it decreases by six decibels, 10, 12 decibels, 14 decibels, et cetera. And it just, it feels more natural. I mean, unless you're going for, you know, super hard aggressive sounds, then you could use steeper slopes, but I, I prefer gentle all the time. Elliptical filters with Those really steep slopes yep. used to, I mean, back in the day, like yeah. they used them for cutting to vinyl. Right, totally. Because they couldn't have too low frequencies yep. in there. So, I mean, they've been around for a long time. Yeah. And you can make them in the analog world, but on synths and uh, just ge uh, generically in a lot of EQs, you just didn't have that steep of slopes. Yeah. They're expensive. They're they are. Especially oh, yeah. I, I think because I know one of my favorite EQs that I personally use is the UAD Cambridge EQ. Love the EQ because it has the option for 6, 12, 18, 24, 36, and then five different elliptical slopes, five different Butterworth slopes. And these are all different curves. And I do use the steep ones every now and then, but it's when I'm band passing certain things. So let's say um, I have a reverb set up on something and I don't want any gradualness into the low end. So 
a trick that I like to use. It's actually the way that it was introduced to me a couple of years ago by Bobby Ozinski. I'm not sure if you guys have heard of him, but he's written like 25 books. The guy has great materials. Oh, he's out good there. then. He's great. He's he's really good. He's very talented. <laughs> he took the time to write he books. Did. So he, he did. He must be confident. <laughs> he is, he's confident. He knows his stuff. But he called it the Abbey Road trick. That's the first time I learned about it. And what Abbey Road did with the Beatles and many other bands is they would uh, high and low cut their reverbs from 500 hertz up until about 3K. So the so reverb. They band passed only, it from there. Exactly. Which, so that's, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. That's where I learned how to use steeper filters because there I didn't really want a gradual tapering into the highs or a gradual letting of the lows. I wanted it to be specifically that telephone band pass yeah. effect, you know? What's funny is that they could have done any slopes there and then it would have became popular. It would have. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, it's just the nature of how, what they did at that time. Right. I mean, it sounded good to them at the time. They didn't just throw it and be like, oh, this is going to be a popular technique someday. It's funny to think about all the popular techniques that we um, take for granted. Like now, you know, it's effect sends, you should just, used to just be an effect send. Right. It was like, <laughs> it used to be that they would spend most of the day just getting a tape delay right um, for albums like Dark Side of the Moon. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, oh, we got it, cool, this is awesome. Right. But now we take for granted that we can just send anything right. wherever in a DAW and we'll put an EQ after it a compressor after it right. and then a saturator after right. it to make it pop and that someone had to do that for the first time before it there's a lot of oh yeah try to find the next cool thing yeah obviously your music has to be good enough for a lot of people That's to true. hear it and then That's someone has true. to care and ask you how you did it but um some to strive for and yeah. that's from being creative and be like, I've never seen anyone do this, but do it. No, you know what's funny is I was talking to a guy last night in New York and he was trying to sell me on buying his console from him. He has a Harrison console, which is a great console. Um, and it's used, you know, console? yeah, like a, a 12, so small console. And he, he's like, I was like, so what do you think the best features on it? And he's like, oh, it's got two aug sends. I'm like, two, huh? <laughs> wow. So you mean I could have reverb and delay? <laughs> and he like, he totally <laughs> sold it to me. Like it was a big deal. I was like, bro, I have like 60 in my DAW. Like, why do I need a board that has two aug sends? I just thought it was really funny. He's like, well, dude, you can set up headphone cues with those too. I'm like, oh, no way. <laughs> <laughs> really funny but anyways um i think this would be a fun exercise real fast so i want you just to do me a favor we'll, we'll go back and forth so i'll start then catch my lead all right whatever um, so i just want to just name something and say where you usually set your filter cut off for us so i'll get it oh rolling. cool all right yeah. so uh let male vocals where, where would you set a cut off hmm. just give me the first name yeah possible. yeah 100 Don't hertz 100 hertz 100 hertz okay i would go Probably slightly higher. I made 120 yeah. or something like that. I mean, but that's where like it would be safe yeah. for sure. No, it's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. Um, I'm going like safe, but no, I'll get sure. some low sure, end. Sure. Yeah. Um, hi hats. Hi hats. Uh, depends. Um, definitely pretty. I'll change that. Live recorded hi hats. Yeah, live recorded hi hats. Very gentle slope. Um, let's assume these are all gentle slopes. Just yeah, give me a number. Okay. And cool. 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 It's my way of. Uh, yeah. Because I mean, I just honestly haven't done much. I, I'm trying to remember the last time I had it. It was okay. Because I just, I don't necessarily think of the frequency. I'm like, it sounds good here. Yeah. Right. Give me, just give me yeah. a number. So think of it visually yeah. in your mind. I'm going to say 800 Hertz. I'm glad you said that. That was a kind of a trick question because a lot of people, and I learned this from Andrew Sheps, usually start at like 3K or something like that, 1K. But he's saying that, and a lot of guys say that a lot of the pros say there's a lot of good information yeah. coming Mids. from- 
The mids, yeah. yeah. So a lot of people, they cut their highs, and especially in EDM and other genres, they high pass it at like 10, 12. Yeah. I mean, high or yeah. lower, like three, four. So I would say, yeah, guys, if you're using samples, you could probably get away with it. Maybe maybe 900 or so, but yeah. I would say, you know, get those low mids in there. You know, I had to, <laughs> I was like, close my eyes and had to visualize my FabFilter Pro Q2 I and like that. try to think yeah. of like where, cause I honestly, like I've been really good about doing filters by ear. Yeah. And then you, once you hear it good, you don't, I'm not like focusing oh, on sure. what frequency it's at. No, but this is going to yeah. be great for people that yeah. haven't filtered a lot yeah. so they can have a general rubric. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, this, this is cool. Um, how about uh, saws? Um, like hack, uh, hacksaw chain. What are you talking about? Uh, like, like <laughs> saw like leads. EDM that's, saws, it depends you know. though. Well, okay. Since are hard because I use saws for leads. I use saws for bases. How about I a use lead? Give me a lead. A lead saw. And then EDM's hard, dude, because you have different just give, layers. Just give me a number. We're just spitballing here. Okay. To be safe, like I'd say 400 Hertz. Okay. I, it depends I, on what it is because sure. everyone uses no, things differently. Sure. There's just, just yeah. the general idea yeah. for people. I, I would say a little lower uh, just because I find that the 300 range is usually pretty good for sense and usually doesn't get in the way of anything. So I'd probably cut it at 280, something like that. Um, but then that's going to be rolling down into like eight, like a hundred easily if you're using a gentle slope. Yeah, but I mean, it's going to be, you know, negative 10. See, that's the way I like dealing with the low mids. I'm not worried about that. I like dealing with the low mids with filters by letting things roll gently into them because instead of having to take a lot out, like right. especially with EDM, you can really control that. Yeah, yeah. And that comes with choosing your proper frequency. No, for sure. Yeah. I agree. And what that's about, just how, yeah. Yeah. All right. What about uh, guitars? Um, guitar, honestly, I'm going to say 100 hertz again. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah. I, I would say around there too. Yeah. That's a good one. Kick drum. Depends on what it's trying to do. Um, An EDM yeah. dubstep or electro house kick drum. Between 20 and 30 hertz. I would go a little higher. to No, I use sharp filters on EDM kick drums though. That's why. Like if it's 30, it's reaching like 27. <laughs> so what's your slope on the EDM kick? It's going to be like 48 to 72. So it's a sharp. 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 Like okay. it's that's where it's going to okay. be at. Okay. I, and it, but I it depends. But a lot of times it's... It's nice. Yeah. That way, yeah. No, I would say like shoving it, into the corner of that, that. Yeah. 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 I would say if there's a sub in the track, I would, I would roll off the kick around 60 and I would let the sub breathe from about 25 to about 65. Well, yeah, if it has a sub like underneath but it. But if it doesn't have a sub, I'd probably cut the kick around 32. Yeah. Something like that. I like 32 as a number. 25 to 32 is usually a golden, golden thing for kick. Um, Okay, what about in an EDM snare that's got a lot of like that's low focused? Low focused? Yeah. Shoot, that's gonna go down to like ninety again, like ninety a hundred. Cause that's yeah. a good fundamental of a yeah. snare is around a hundred, so hundred and fifty. Yeah, I I would roll it up a little closer to one thirty five, probably. Cause I, I find that like one one eighty five to yeah, two ten. Because everything's good that exact. On snares. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, for sure. Uh, but th that, that's a huge, but like, no, these I'm are places to up. start and then go up and down from, yeah. because like you, th what's great guys is like what we're recommending here between 90 and 135. That's a huge difference. You might think that's only 35 degrees or 45 degrees or whatever it is, but honestly, that's huge. So I would say, you know, take Dom's advice first, start at 90, hear those lows and then slowly close your eyes and roll yeah. up to 135. And it's going to be, you're going to hear a vast difference, yeah. which is cool. Like my recommendations have been like pretty safe 
ways of taking low end out without getting rid of the fundamental of whatever you're doing. Right. And so it's like, it's doing the, I'm just going to get it out of the way of the sub and the low yeah. end. Like even if there's nothing down there, I'm just yeah. making sure. For sure. But then yeah. it, cleaning it up even more is up to you and how much oh, yeah. you want it. None of these it. numbers will ever yeah. mean anything all the time. Yeah. They might work for you. They might not. They might be wrong. They might be, it doesn't matter. Um, couple more off the top of my head. F- yeah. Female vocals. I, female vocals. Let's keep I don't it. Know. Let's keep it. I don't know. What would you say? Because I, 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 it would probably be pretty like decently, probably into like 200. Yeah. I usually cut them about 220. Yeah. So like the reason we're kind of doing this, I want to talk about something brief with EQ and then we can segue or continue on the topic or whatever. No, that's, that's fine. Is sure people there's, there's that chesty body region that happens, um, between 100 and 300 on pretty much any instrument you throw either, whatever. The problem is, is like, for instance, when I say 220 on a female, you know, you could probably go a little lower, but then you're going to get like her low end, the body of her is going to get lost. So it's like, let's say that you want the female to feel like she's in front of you, you know, so you want that body or whatever. So if, if you know that she's coming in strong at, let's say 150 to 220, you want that? Yeah. You like that? Yeah. So let's say she's coming in strong at 150 or 220. You're going to have several elements at that frequency range. So you have to then decide in the mix, okay, where is she going to sit? Do I want her to have that robust richness in the low end that feels like she's singing in front of me? Or do I want to thin it out a little bit to make room for the kick and the bass? So those are just little things you guys have got to consider. Cause you've, if you lump up too much in there, you're going to wind up having to cut a little bit of 220 on the mix bus or something like that, just to make room for it. So I find that I like to do boosting on the mix bus, not really cutting. I wait till the end to see if I have problem frequencies. So I'd say if you go into your filtering with a hierarchy and say, okay, these are the elements that I want based on. These are the elements that the low mids need to cut. These are the elements that the mids need to cut. And if you go in thinking like that, you'll make way better EQ and filtering decisions. Cool. Um, Keep talking. I zoned out. Cool. I was like, we haven't played pool in a while. We have not. Um, well, that, that'll segue the EQ. I know that we also, we want to talk about a couple of different topics tonight, but I will say um, an interesting test we did tonight is I've got a pair of NS10s, as you guys probably know by now. And I have an Alesis RA150 amplifier, which is a 150 watt old school amplifier, but it's regarded as one of the best ones. That and the RA100, which is 101 amp for the NS10s. And we got in a much larger amp. It's somewhere between 600 to 1,000 watts. I want to say it's closer to 1,000 by Yamaha. And this is like the most regarded amp for the NS10s that people Pass love. Pass my tea. Yeah. And Watch I, the laptop. Indeed. And <laughs> I did not hear a radical difference between the two amps because a lot of people say with passive speakers that um, the amp is, is different. And Dom has Amphians. So obviously when you're with that high caliber of speakers, fuck yeah, the amp makes a huge difference. But with NS10s that are meant for, they were designed to be home stereo speakers. We didn't hear a difference. So I'd be curious to hear what you guys think. But I mean, we yeah, read- we'll get you over. We'll let you listen we yourself. We will. We'll fly you out. Yeah. It'll be, um, we'll make, we'll take care of all your We have a cover charge, but class. we do. It's $5, but then we'll pay the $20 per lunch and we everything. Will. So. And you got to buy two drinks. That's, that's how they get you in the door. Yeah. yeah. That's, and the drinks are like 15 bucks a piece. Hope you like and kombucha. You have to tip the waitress. Yeah. <laughs> kombucha is amazing. I drink that every day. I know. Um, but my point is, and because I, I read, there's like a Gear Sluts thread that's like 30 pages on people just talking about NS10 and Amps. I mean, you mean yelling about them? Yeah, literally, literally. <laughs> well, that's a good thread. That one's pretty. It is. It is really good. That's a good, good really good info. One of the better threads on Gear Sluts. It's actually informative, not people's just opinions bitching at each other kind of thing. Yeah. But um, the good news is, guys, if you're running NS10s or you have 
older monitors and you're thinking about like spending a lot of money on the power amp, my, my opinion is don't. I'm keeping my $100 power amp. I'm returning the more expensive one tomorrow. And I'm really happy about that. Yeah, it's funny you bring up gear sluts because I was, I was doing a symphony recording with a bunch of people the other day and we talked about a lot of stuff audio related and gear sluts came up and I was like, there's a couple of theories I have just kind of like facetious, um, not, yeah, facetious, just like jokey theories about just the audio world. But I was like, you know, you're really coming to your own as an engineer when you stop going onto gear sluts. Right. <laughs> and I'm pretty young, but I, I just stopped going on it probably a year ago now Mm -hmm. and um just no need it's just like i really i realized i was getting zero valuable information Mm -hmm. from all this stuff i was reading so many conflicting points you get the one dude saying you know what guys i don't really like the 1176 i'm just gonna say it (laughs) (laughs) you get the the 20 people after saying you just don't know what to listen for you don't know how to use it tell me what you're using it on you get the one dude saying he's just being honest guys yeah it's okay. And I'm just like, it doesn't matter. Of course, people are entitled to, entitled to their own opinions. Right. He's probably using a plug-in too, which oh, yeah. I've really heard like you have an original yeah. too. And yeah. it, it's a big difference than Huge all the difference. plugins. Oh, yeah. They're good. I mean, I use a plug-in all the time because I do like it, but uh, it's just funny. I And like, yeah, it's cool if you're on that um, website. It's great. I mean, if obviously it's fun to be on a music forum. Yeah. If you're going to be on any um just because I, I don't really know of any other forums, actually, besides like Reddit. <laughs> no, the, yeah. it's it's a good And honestly, I mean, Dom and I were avid, avid readers for years. So it's like we can say this now because we still we, am. But no, not sure. that. Site. It's, it, well, not that I look for different aspects of the forum now. Like before I was looking at distinct like searches. See, usually we would just yeah. peruse right. and be like, oh, that's cool. Go on to yeah. so much gear, so little time. Right. And, all that, but it's a trap. Don't yeah, go there, guys. and then you'll just don't, don't run, run, run. And then the don't hills. the reviews. You get don't the one there. review on yeah. the gear, and it's like, do I trust this guy? Right. Do it. You think you know him for a second? You start to think you can trust anyone. Well, the thing is, and this is what Dom and I really want to gear the podcast towards too, is like all the all the research that we found on Gear Sluts applies to rock music, pop music, country yes. music. None of it applies to EDM. Literally there's, zero. There's computer audio. There's but, a couple threads, yeah, but they're they're threads not, not by not by Dave Pensado's not getting it's on there. It's you not know? people using gear that's expensive no. and for rock no. like well, yeah. And not only that, but it's not people working as an engineer as a living yeah. working with like big name acts. So it's like You don't have Luke on there. No, yeah. you don't have anybody on there. And it's like that's the detriment. So it's like I stopped reading for that that reason because like for instance i have two pieces like i just got in a chandler little devil compressor and everything i read people are like eh, it's hit and miss i really can't hear a lot of people are like it's not colored enough it doesn't do enough not it's colored not enough. oh my god it's so colored. <laughs> it, one, one guy didn't know it was on he's like i don't know if it's broken or what but i can't hear a difference and the mix knobs up all the way and like the the, the compressor got mixed reviews and there's no videos on it out there and i was like torn because this guy wanted the all trade the videos me. suck they, they were all, terrible none were of terrible. them are hd no none and they were all on like room mics and like shit that I don't I don't I don't use room mics like I'm, I'm not recording EDM with room mics you know it's like that, that doesn't you mean anything be. to me I, Next I should big thing. I should I know right <laughs> but um that's the thing is like I took a gamble because you know this guy wanted one of my EQs and I'm like all right I have a couple of the EQs I'll, I'll throw him the compressor and dude as soon as I turn it on I'm 10 minutes into playing with it it sounds amazing Dom heard it tonight and it's like 
the, the only drawback with gear guys and even with plugins, it's like, don't take anybody's word for anything. It's cool if you want to learn and get different perspectives and weigh things out in your mind, but like, don't let anybody convince you to do or to not do something. It's like, take the time, download it, find a friend that has one, buy one. You know, it's like, whatever you got to do, like figure it out for yourself. Cause that's where you're really going to learn what kind of sounds you like and what works best for you. Yeah. Trying out different gear too. Um, brings up something funny kind of on the long, along the lines of gear sluts is uh guitar center. Oh, oh and, but I mean, center. you can't, you can't dog on guitar center because no. we've tried so much gear through them. Oh, a lot of it, you don't Broken. know if it's going to work or not, it just doesn't work. but they have a great return policy for they you. They have a great return and policy. And we've tried a lot of gear through them we and have. it's, uh, I haven't bought anything from, from guitar center in a I long have. time. A um, lot. Yeah, but like, cause we're both guitarists yeah. and I, I used to love going with my brother oh, yeah. and I was excited when we had the guitar center days mm -hmm. and I'd go in there, try all the guitars that I like, he oh, had yeah. to get down for oh, yeah. me. I could and, sit in there for three or four hours at a time. Just uh, jam, just chill. It was, it was magical. It was great. But guys, the good thing about a website like guitar center is you can order things to your front door. Sweetwater works the same way and try it out for 30 days. And dude, if you don't like it, you can. Does Sweetwater you, let you do that? I'm pretty sure they do. They have demo periods, I think. Um, or, or they have a return policy. I wonder if they have them. That if they do, if they have that, I think they do. Because I, I, I know my rep, I buy a lot of stuff, so maybe it's just for me. But what we're kind of encouraging is that you know, while forum reading and everything is great, nothing beats like no, not experience at all. at all. And I mean, some of the pieces of gear that I have right now got awful reviews. I mean, my TC electronic, I've already talked about it in a previous podcast. I love that thing, and dude, nobody. I'm talking. I could not find one person. The only comment I had that was Sweetwater positive. Sweetwater probably has some good reviews. No. Really? No, no. not, not, not They're generic. You know, they're yeah. not like, I used it for this and it really changed my life. One person just said, well, maybe you don't know how to use it. Mm -hmm. And that, because it's such a complicated mm -hmm. piece. And that one comment triggered, you know what? I guarantee these people don't know how to use it. And that, I mean, it's expensive. It got a ton of bad reviews and I I love it. You know, I'm so, so happy. Well, it's it. funny because TC has been in it, they've always had expensive kind of like boutique weird digital stuff like yeah. ian shepherd swears by the old tc oh, the, the um, m3000 yeah the, the like 3, with all like its yeah. own eq that's and, got its own like it's like a yeah, two-space no, exactly rack hardware it has its brain powers, yeah that yeah, you have to put yeah, into it's insane yeah um but uh yeah they've always had kind of boutique stuff like that and it's it's not for the faint of heart it's no. not a plug and play thing like oh no they can do a lot but you have to put the time in well not only that but you really have to know what you're doing it's like if you don't really understand how a multi-band compressor works like don't try to play with this one i mean with with a plug-in like the fab filter you know pro mb you have presets so at least you can like watch things change in front of you with a unit like hey. that it's yeah. it's not gonna work out for you guys it's really not but anyways, uh, to segue. So yeah, um, what do you want to talk about? What else do you want to um, discuss? Today? I uh, yeah, take your shot. Um, it's, so uh, oh yeah, my shot. so uh, we're doing a podcast right now. Obviously, and, Dom, you're talking about. And uh, we're not the only podcast out there, though. Um, a lot of our information comes from others. You got the likes of Kush. You got the likes of Ian Shepard's podcast, Mastering the Mastering, the Mastering Podcast Show. 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 Um, Master if you show. want a authentic English accent in your ear holes for a good 40 minutes at a time, then head your, head your way over there. But the um, reason why I bring up these other podcasters is because next topic I want to talk about was taken straight from the mastering show. Um, and I was talking to Chris about it earlier and I just had an epiphany because it's just something I never thought of actually looking up. So 
we talked about filtering, so we can talk about compressors now. But <laughs> um, so like one of the most popular compressors of all time, the SSL bus compressor, the longest attack time you have on there is 30 milliseconds. This always seemed kind of long for me because like a very slow attack time because that was kind of the standard of like how the longest you go in mixing. But Ian said on his show that when he masters, he likes to start around 100 milliseconds and 100 millisecond release time. So 100 for attack, 100 for release. And I was thinking for EDM with 127 BPM, which I usually do um, when I produce, like I was thinking that that attack time would get into, did you, you won? Yeah. Darn. I was thinking that uh, that attack time would get into the next downbeat of the four on the floor kick, but I did a um, beat calculation thing and I looked up 127 BPM. Each quarter note happens at around 458 milliseconds. And so even, even at 100 milliseconds attack time, you're not even close to halfway between the two kicks. That really opened my eyes to different attack times. Um, he said in mastering that it's really good to take, uh, just to keep your attack times really far away from the transients because he says it's the job of the mixing engineer to define the transients how they want. And it's kind of the job of the mastering engineer to, uh, retain them as much as possible while trying to get them to their ideal loudness. And it was just really cool to notice that, that you can basically do as long of an attack time as you want with any compressor you have. And it's not even come close to the next, uh, the next beat and we're mixing a trance track today and it's very trancey one like how what was the bpm 138 so 138 so pretty that, much like dubstep tempo but trance music. yeah so there's actually a hit on every beat yeah um and so i was like okay i put that in the calculator and that only brought the milliseconds between the beats down by like 10 milliseconds yeah. or something. Literally so, nothing. So like, like even, so you just, no matter what, your per compressor attack time is not going to combine into the next beat. And even with the long release, which will add half the time, another double, it's mm -hmm. still not going to do anything. So it's just cool. So don't, I don't think anyone's really afraid of that, <laughs> but it just opened my eyes to what's possible. Mm -hmm. The possibilities in this world. The world is full of possibilities, Dom, yes. No, I, I did not know that today, and I had not heard that uh, podcast yet. I'm a big fan of Ian. Love you guys. Uh, and Ian actually works with another Ian uh, who runs a company called Meter Plugs, and his name is Ian Kerr, the guy that runs Meter Plugs, and he paired up with Ian Shepard. Is he another English gent? And I believe so. I've, I don't I love I it. Met him, I love so it when I Ian says darling. He, yeah. he calls the, I forget the other host's name. I don't right? know. Um, but I'm Jim, sure you're, you're cool too, generic. man. Yeah. <laughs> you're really cool. I'm, sure. I'm glad you're on the show. Yes, you're great. You'll just great. be like, uh, yeah, that, that's right, darling. And yeah. he just like calls him darling. It's, just, it's really funny. It's really funny. <laughs> the guy called it tea and crimpets too, instead of that's crumpets. Excellent. That's excellent. <laughs> Got to love it. Got to love it. the only it. time I cracked up on that show. <laughs> nice. No, it's a great show for anybody interested in learning more about uh, mastering, you know, obviously check it out. We're all for plugging. No, it's open table. We're all for plugging uh, people that, that we enjoy. Valuable. Oh, yeah. Well, we want to share resources that we learn from every day because Dom and I are always learning every day. So we want to try to give you guys as much knowledge as we possibly can when you leave our podcast. If you get nothing of value from us, at least you can get value from other people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let us be your gateway <laughs> for to, sure. to good knowledge. Exactly. Exactly. Funnel through our bullshit for 45 minutes to get a couple nuggets for you. Get other website stuff you guys can go to to learn. But... Um, 
you know, on the topic of compression, because uh, <laughs> I I love compression so 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 much. No, I I did. I just did get the little devil. Um, so I, I do want to talk about um, uh, compression in the realm of an SSL bus compressor because I think this is actually pretty cool because I have uh, the SSL du- Duende. Yeah, but oh, this the Duende. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Duende plugin by SSL, and I got to tell you guys, for 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 software, if you're if you're in the market for like a software compressor, because like I've I've tested the Waves one, uh, I've spent limited time with the Universal Audio one, IK Multimedia has one, but I I honestly think if you guys are lacking a bus compressor uh, to go with that, or or the other best option in my opinion is the Cytomic Glue because it has the sidechain yeah, option. That's the main reason. Yeah. If it was just by itself, yeah. it wouldn't. Well, we have is, talked about this and said we? we love the SSL, but. I am happy that yeah we've we had a whole like podcast oh. on it. Um, All right, but cool. No, well, you guys we were, already know. We were just so, talking yeah. about how we're only seven in, and we can't remember what we've talked right. about no in the clue. futures. No that's why uh, we haven't been pushed on the questions from the people in our groups. So kind of no. that's a good thing. And these of, aren't exactly scripted, guys. We we have no idea what we're going to talk about before we. If sit these down. were scripted, it would be the worst writers in the we world. <laughs> pretty bad. Okay, pretty um, pretty this bad. is when you go and uh, take a pool shot. <laughs> Okay, I I I wrote in, um, yeah, I made solids. I think, you, I uh, you did. I wrote in that I was gonna be silent for two seconds. Right, right. And then I wrote in that I would start talking again. No, but um, I am happy that my favorite emulation of an SSL yeah. bus comp is the SSL yeah. one. Yeah. And it's not. It's easier said than done. Like you think, mm-hmm. of course, it's SSL. They're gonna have the best ways right. of do, but. They've been making this hardware. Who says they're great at making plugins? Right, right. They nailed it, though. I mean, they do have my favorite. Yeah, no, sure. absolutely. It's really great, guys. And the thing is, is if, if you're in need of a sidechain, you know, the Cytomic is a great way to go for the sidechain alone. You know, I'm I'm torn because I'm I'm getting more into sidechaining with all of my hardware, and I'm I'm finding that as a necessity for me in the way that I work. Um, but the cool thing is is you know you can also run uh, them in series too and I'm a big fan of, of running yeah. compressors in series so like for instance on a mix bus or something like that you know if you're gonna mix into a compressor like let's say the API 2500 by waves or I know Universal Audio just released one recently um, so you guys can check that out too or the SSL Duende or the IK Multimedia <laughs> Um, you know, uh, they've got a bus compressor or the Neve, uh, you know, the 33609J by IK or Universal yeah. Audio. You know, the thing is, is like, I've never been a big proponent of making a compressor work hard. So I don't want one compressor knocking off any more than two decibels of gain reduction on, yeah. on the mix bus. I'm talking about the mix bus right now, or even subgroups for that matter. Yeah. I'd rather have two compressors working with slightly different attack and release times to do half the load. So if you're, if you plan on compressing four decibels, I would rather have two compressors compressing two than one compressor compressing four. So check this out. Um, it's okay, especially in this digital world, it's so easy to go back and even even if you're working with analog stuff, um, do stuff lightly at first. Do stuff in small steps, especially with compression. Um, if you know you have overhead, you're gonna compress, then you know you have the full drum bus, you're gonna compress, and most people are gonna wanna compress their kick and snare separately. Just do it all with very low ratios at first. Um, and get a general, just nice controlled feel of a track. Then if you want to crush something, do it from there. But don't, I, I mean, 
So, I mean, if you've done this long enough, you know when you're going to want to crush something or whatnot. But if you're kind of learning and you're just wondering how to compress things, start, I would say, start with two to one ratios on most things. That's a great way to do it. And even that, if you think about it, anything that's going above a threshold, you're reducing it by half. And so that's quite a bit of gain reduction already. Um, and something that, so since I mentioned those two uh, podcasts that we both love listening to, um, to tell you one thing that's related to this that um, I got from the Kush podcast, mm-hmm. uh, UBK Happy Fun Time Hour, is that compression is multiplicative and it's not additive. So if you have two compressors at two to one ratio, that's going to equal four to one. That doesn't help because either way, that's going to still be four to one if it's right. additive or multiplicative. But okay, so two to one time uh, with a four to one, you'll get eight to one and not six to one. So think about that if you are doing this, that you're going to get some crazy compression if you're not careful. Indeed. And I'm I'm going to segue back to what Dom just said and disagree. Um, what? Shut up, Dom. Take your shot. With what? Disagree with what I want to disagree with. <laughs> no, no, that's all correct. I agree uh, with that. Um, I, I, I want to say that I don't know about you guys, but I watched probably a hundred videos a couple of years ago. I'm talking two, three years ago, guys, not very long ago of how to use compression and what is a compressor and how to make compression sound good. I mean, I could not get it. And I think a lot of people, compression is the voodoo of mixing that, you know, we understand it, but we don't. And we hear it, but we don't. And we know what we're doing, but we don't. And it's like, it's that always that stage of discomfort that like we don't really ever think we know what compression is or what compression is doing. So I would say two to one ratios to start are really, really hard to get. And not only that, like oh, you could line it. up. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm, I'm I know. Shut up. I'm talking. If you can't hear it yet, then you're not doing any okay. harm. <laughs> what, what Dom, what Dom said is good, but I want to segue back to this because this really helped me out a lot guys. And I think this will really help you out too. And I, I know Dom will agree with this once we get, uh, and then we can circle back to his and tie his in, which is a great point. Um, I doubt that. It's this. You never (laughs) know. You never know. It's possible. So here's the thing is that at a two to one ratio, you can't hear these three things. A, you can't hear the sound of the compressor. B, you can't hear the um, aggressiveness of the compressor. And C, most often you really can't hear what the compressor is doing because you're fooled by the volume. Because most compressors don't have auto gain. And if they do, you're most likely focused on the gain than you are what it's actually doing, your transients or your sustain or the breathiness of it or the pumping of it or whatever it might be. So I would say this. I would say when you slap on a compressor, and if you're a veteran, and you're listening to this, obviously you can start with two to one. Like I now can hear 1.2 to one be oh, yeah. a year ago. I mean, there's no shot in hell. I could have heard 1.2 to one. Now I can, I'm very grateful for that. But I would say start with over four to one because that's pretty aggressive compression, even though you might not think it is but a four to one is an aggressive ratio. So I would say start from four to one to 10 to one. I would crush the shit out of something. And then I would like, you know, slam the threshold and have it getting over 10 decibels gain. So you can hear, oh, this breaks up at certain frequencies or this has a low mid boost or wow, this is really grabby or wow, this isn't really grabby and start to understand what the compressor is doing. And then is it dark? Is it bright? Is it peaky? Is it smooth? You know, and, and describe it in adjectives for yourself and then start 
aggressively messing with the attack and release time because at the high ratios you hear whoa that really elongates the sustain or wow i have no attack anymore it totally got obliterated and then do what dom recommended is then pull it back to a conservative ratio exactly. two to one three to one four to one because then you'll know exactly what you're dealing with because no two compressors are ever going to perform the same way cool yeah you just explained what to do before you let it sit around two to one because yeah. that's assuming someone um, wanted to hear really what I was doing, of course. But yeah, exactly. So just get it how you want. Get some crazy thresholds. Get some crazy um, ratios going on. Really hear what it's doing to the transients and the sustain and the breathiness. Just kidding. I just want to repeat exactly what he said. It said said it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, then dial it down. But then if you want to go back, of course, smash the crap out of stuff later. Once you get your general mix going with a lot of two to ones. Right. After crushing it, hearing what you got. Um, movement wise. And that's, we'll bring that up forever and ever that compression, start thinking of it as movement generators and how movement. you can get, movement. let's say movement together. Movement. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to do it, but just for that point, we should just do that and then pan it left and right. Totally. For a second. Oh, I like that. Remind yourself to do yeah, that. I'll try yeah, to do yeah, that. Sure. Um, let's do it one more Dom time. Dom of the past, pan this left and right. Movement. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes. Oh, wait. And on the topic of movement, guys, another thing you can do too is let's say you're using, I don't know, name a compressor. Give me a, a software compressor you like. Name one. Impressor. Awesome. Yeah. The Plugin Alliance Impressor. It's an Alicia Alasia. I think it's pronounced Alasia. I think I watched I think it's Alasia. <laughs> it's a whole bunch of vowels smashed together. I think it's Elijah. Like no confidence. Actually, that could be. It could be. I don't Elijah. know. I don't know. But here's the thing. Uh, that's a great plugin, by the way. Everything Plugin Alliance makes is awesome. And by I'm, the way, they're offering cool prizes for the remix contest. So remember that, guys. Yep. But here's the thing. Okay. Empressor. Great compressor. Now, let's say you're using the Empressor, right? Which has got disgusting fast, likely, like attack. You can obliterate they even have an the option for it. They do. They have a, an additional button to make it go faster than the compressor can even do, which is really great. But this is really cool. Let's say that your threshold is down. You're getting 12, 15 decibels of gain reduction. You got the fast attack button on, and you're using some makeup gain, and you're obliterating the transient. Now, here's the cool thing you can leave that. In fact, I wouldn't touch that. I would make a copy of whatever your source audio is. So duplicate the track, drag another copy down, and then drag that fader down on the Empressor track down to like negative 30 decibels, something like that. And then put the other track next to it, leave the transient there, and now you'll understand what parallel compression really does. And that's a great way to hear the tone of each compressor in parallel, and then smash the transient, bring out the stain, do what you want, add a room tone or whatever, and then bring the dry, rough track, even if it's a sample, doesn't matter. Bring that back in and then preserve the transient and the authenticity of that and blend those together. And I think you'll be very happy with the tone. That's cool. Um, I'm glad you brought up parallel compression because we've talked about compression a bit, but we haven't actually talked about parallel compression yet. Yes. And it's cool when you can get the effects of an EQ by paralleling stuff. And yes. so, and then I've heard so many times, like <laughs> when we do our mix reviews, one of the last things so many people say is, you know, because we ask them what they think they think their mixing struggles are. And so many people say, um, I just can't get my mix to sound like the professional mixes. Right. And when you're dealing with high energy mixes, there is always parallel compression going on. So tons of it, like <laughs> stupid amounts yeah. of so it. So take this, for example, if you have two tracks that are the same exact track, you're playing them together at the same exact time, you're going to get a three dB boost. It's just what happens. Right. It's the physics of sound. 
um, in a DAW or whatever. (laughs) Even though this is fun and creative, guys, it is still science at the end of the day. It's all science. Science is fun. Yes. Um, So the thing is, is that's cool. And so you'll lose headroom if you do this with everything, right? But um, you can mix and match an additional source of the same thing, like paralleling, right? But you do it creatively, and that's what parallel chains do. Let me ask you a question. Do you know... If, if you could sum down parallel into one word, what would it be? Parallel. <laughs> Didn't you ever learn that you can't define a word by using the word as the definition? That's what I did, though. Because <laughs> that's Okay. The whole purpose of parallel is for one thing. It's actually, I'll, I'll make it easier. Give me an acronym. What, what if you could define, the, what is the purpose of parallel compression? And it, it's an acronym. Do you know what it is? Acronym of the word parallel? No, no. Because that's the, not going to happen. The purpose, okay. Okay. The purpose of Just using parallel compression. Just how can the purpose in one word? Yes. That's not being a smart ass. Right. <laughs> and, but it, it's literally an acronym. The answer to this question is an acronym. So if- Not question, a synonym. What's no. an acronym? An acronym is like an abbreviation. Like like API stands for applied like Oh, whatever. oh, an acronym. Duh, duh. Okay. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that seems like- There's a lot of acronyms out there. There are. What do we got? There's one that's specific. The purpose, this is really cool. I just learned this actually recently. The purpose of parallel processing is to gain RMS. Oh, that's, the RMS is an acronym. It is an acronym. Root means squared, but, so you're saying the, okay, the purpose is RMS. Yes. Gotcha. So okay. what what this is saying, because Dom was just explaining, you know, adding three dBs and stuff like that. What parallel compression is doing is you're compressing something so hard that it's actually giving you a perceived level of loudness Mm -hmm. that's louder. So that's the whole purpose of it. So if mixes are sounding thin or empty or hollow by using several parallel compression chains, you're going to give yourself a louder perceived volume specifically by using parallel compression. And then you can get really creative in that and just like he was saying how you leave the attack very fast and then um, bring the original sample in. But if you have a dull sample, you can transient shape you can it the other way, yeah, around. other way around. No, yeah, for sure. There's there's a thousand ways to use parallel compression. <laughs> only a thousand. Only a thousand. You're limiting only, yourself, no, man. I am. Well, there's only a no th- pun th- intended. I'm just stating the facts, bro. I'm just stating the facts. All right. <laughs> oh, you counted them. Sorry, I did. You, you did count did. them yesterday. I wrote them down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I yeah, I, I went the extra mile. Three millisecond attack, hundred millisecond release, mm-hmm. one millisecond. Mm-hmm. I did that. I really did. No, I didn't do that. But no, there there's like a million ways to use pro. In fact, this this would be a great time for. Uh, Dom and I share uh, our favorite ways to use parallel compression. So uh, Dom and I were just talking about parallel compression before we started the podcast. So I'll let Dom answer first. Um, let, let's say what are three ways that you creatively yeah. use parallel compression? That's a, yeah, creatively is a good word to use there. I know. because That's, that's why I'm the host. I would have kept it real simple. And you're the co-host. <laughs> <laughs> My laptop. No, I'm just <laughs> You need me. <laughs> so so he tells me and so I tell myself. <laughs> uh, that is true. Yes, that is true. Um, yeah, so you get your compression. A lot of times, you know, throwing um, saturation in there. No, um, give me give me like a specific example. Like oh. for instance, like I'll, I'll get the ball rolling. Oh, here. cool. Yeah, do it. Okay. It. So when I'm, I'm, when I'm mixing live drums, um, what I like to do is I like to take the room mics or the overhead. So if it doesn't have um, room mics, I'll take the overhead channels, I'll duplicate the overhead channels, and I'll smash them through 1176s hard, 20 to 1 ratio, or all buttons in. Um, and I'll get like literally the meter will be pinned all the way to the left, 20 decibels of gain reduction, uh, fastest attack, and medium release usually. And then I'll blend that really smashed overhead track under the whole drum kit. 
that's a, one creative way that I use parallel compression. Gotcha. Um, do you have any in mind that you are using? It's just like, no, not no. At the moment. I it's it's so off the cuff. Like, what do I think? It's like it's a problem solver as much as a thickener. You know, it is. it's like I think this needs more transient, so I'm gonna gear gear it around a slow attack, and I think it needs a little bit more grit, so I'm gonna maybe saturate with it. You know, um, speaking of that, tell us about that. Cause you just did that on a mix. You used parallel saturation with your hardware. Yeah. On the mix. Cause that, that's, that's what I'm, that's a creative use of parallel so like, compression. For so vocal, compression. for vocal, I smashed it through a preamp. Um, great what, river. What preamp? It was river? the great okay. river. So that's a, neve, um, neve what's clone. funny is like, I had to be done with the mix. Actually, I wouldn't do that again. Don't <laughs> that, that, Preamp doesn't hey, break up. We're talking creative here. Yeah. We're talking no, creative. no. See, that's the thing is it's good. It's like, I'm, yeah. I'm get, honestly say like, yeah. I know I won't do this chain again, but I have a 2BQ with an aggression knob. I thought that would be cool, but I actually smoothed it out way more than I wanted to because mm -hmm. I keep You wouldn't really think that because when, when it says aggression. Okay, so there's it. a difference between distortion and saturation. Saturation sure. is actually going to smooth out the top end. It's going to get a really big body and um, you're not going to get that like grit that you would as associate when you think, oh, I'm going to make a nice like cool parallel. Right, chain right and so i just forgot that and then i put it in there and then i crushed it through a distressor and then i put it through the great river eq or not eq but uh preamp pre and it wasn't that broken up i probably could have just put a plug-in on it right, right. <laughs> um but that was one example of me trying to do a creative parallel chain didn't work out and nice. uh Nice. Yeah, I mean, it sounded all right, but it just added RMS and it didn't really add the type of grit that I wanted it yeah. to. Yeah. Um, it was just like a smooth like duplicate, and then it just did something. But I mean, the compression's what did the most because yeah. I was actually I wanted the compression. Yeah. But that was it. So. Cool. No, I, I love uh, par paralleling. Is like the like I wouldn't call it my secret weapon, but it's literally it's, my entire. Workflow. It's not your secret weapon, yeah. but it's everyone's secret. It's weapon. It's everybody's secret weapon. Like when I first learned how to parallel, because that's another thing. Like with the topic of compression, it took me forever to learn because they call it New York compression, parallel compression, mm -hmm. whatever. And it's like I always got it fundamentally, but to make it work for you was like really abstract. Like why to do it? You well, know, I understood why, but I didn't understand like like how to make things sound good. Like I just felt like all I was doing was adding a shitload of plugins to a chain and then blending it in at 20%, you know? And now all these plugins have mix knobs, so it's easier. But like, I'll share with you guys a couple of mine that I, they, these are, cause I'm always mixing it up and trying new things. So like Dom brought up vocals and I think vocals is a great one. Cause like for me, vocals are usually thin and they either have one, one of two things. Either the wrong microphone was used and they have way too much top end or people get up really close to the mic and they have this proximity effect right you don't want this in no, a vocal you don't want this sometimes man and you but don't not. want this you don't want to be really thin you want to be somewhere about here so what i've found oh, is i'm a big fan of the sound toys decapitator yeah and they have this mode on it called punish it's badass it's like slamming the shit yes out of, like and it just like you could have the gain on zero put two of those in and, a row oh, you hit the punish <laughs> button dude your signal is obliterated yeah. so what i like to do is i like to because it has a filter on it too mm -hmm. so i like to pick i usually use the telephone the neve preset mm -hmm. or the Ampex preset, the N or the A, mm -hmm. and then I, I cut out the lows be, between, usually below 250, mm -hmm. cut out the highs above like 8K, and you can't see it, you just do it by ear. Mm -hmm. I blend the mix knob into taste, but what I do after that is I, if, okay, if the, if the vocal needs more low end in it, I'll use a subsonic enhancer 
on the bottom end. So like I have a hardware voice of God, but there is like there's a, a free plugin out there called Bark of the Dog. Um, which is B the of the D, B of the D, in the it's cool a, circles. It's, yep, it's a subsonic enhancer. Waves Boz has max digital. Space. Boz digital. Boz digital. It's a manipulator B- 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 uh, people. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Boz, Boz Boz Labs. Boz I think, digital. digital Labs. Boz Digital Labs. Yeah. Boz Labs Digital. Yeah. B O Z. Digital Labs. B O Z. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's cool. But that's what I do to bring out the low end. And if I need high end in there, I'll mix in like a Clairphonic, like a parallel equalizer. To how dare you? Them. How dare I? How dare you? I just live on the edge, Dom. I live on the edge. Edge of the frequency spectrum. Edge of the frequency spectrum. (laughs) Going off the cliff of the audible hearing range. There's the name, bro. We just got our podcast title in real time. I love it. I love it. It's always at the end, too. The last one was at the end, too. So hopefully people listen all the way and they'll get why we named these I think people are listening all the way. You know, I think think they do. Um, When they listen, they listen all the way. That's true. That's Um, true. It's fun regardless, it man. Fun regardless. I just love doing this with you. Uh, no, it's great. It's a fun it's time. That's yeah, great. Um, no. Drinking too much tea after not we getting have, enough sleep. It's tea. a great combo it for is podcasting. Combo. When you're delirious and you're, you're running high on caffeine, like a natural tea caffeine, not like a jittery coffee caffeine or like a Fedra caffeine, but just like it's nice. What did you say? Nice. Fedra caffeine? Ephedrine. Ephedrine? Yeah, you never seen. You don't know what ephedrine is? Is that a prescription drug hole? Drug no, log? It's like juggle, it's juggle? like <laughs> it's like legal speed. It's what's in energy drinks and oh. like those uh you know like hydroxycut and all those diet pills. There's such a thing as illegal speed. Yeah, my brother's been lying to me. I think it's called. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm just joking. I'm, I'm not. Mistaken. I just joking. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. It's not really the world that I'm into. But yeah, no, Dom. It's always a pleasure. I learned a lot from Dom today. Dom came by early and helped me out with all my my digital connections. I am I am not the best signal flow guy. Sometimes my brain just like just the, just doesn't understand it to the well. It's because I'm it I'm the one taking the ephedrine. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and so that I'm like, true. do this, do this, do this. <laughs> I just sit back and drink tea, and he's just running around. My the room. Psych- psychiatrist says I need it. And so I listen. Well, he's right. You know, you're paying him good money. So you should listen to him. <laughs> that guy in the mirror. I call my psychiatrist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least he's a good looking guy. You know, that's, that's positive. You got uh, something going for you, bro. Yeah, we can no, tell them that. We can. All right. Yeah. We're getting pretty long in this yeah, podcast. It's about time to wrap it cool. up. Cool. That went by really quick. It did. It did. Um, if we didn't have to take so long to upload these, we could make them longer. We we certainly could. But yes, uh, as as always, we'll be back very soon shooting some pool and hanging out with you guys. In the meanwhile, uh, you know, go parallel process some shit. Use some yeah, parallel process hard. your life. Get some yeah. more RMS Amen. in your life. Get some more RMS in your life. Amen. Couldn't agree with you more. Movements. Uh, he didn't know it. I, I didn't, he, I, he's I, not I, good with the callbacks. I, 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 I forgot the word, but I, I, oh. think, I think something's coming in. Movements. <laughs>